Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from Helena, Montana. On this podcast, I cover a little bit of everything in agriculture and hear the stories behind a few of the people who are involved in farming and ranching from all different parts of the country. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Follow me on social media as AgProudRyan and on Facebook as AgricultureProud. And as always, you can find all the episodes and show notes at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. And while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss a blog post or a podcast episode. Well, this week on the podcast, I am glad to have a guest from Bear Animal Health once again to join me, Dave Thomas. He is the Dairy Insecticide Marketing Manager with Bear. And uh, I first met Dave several years ago when I was in grad school at Tennessee. And uh, he put me to work on a project where each week I had to go out and take pictures of like 20 cows and five different angles for each cow. And uh, the pictures had to be close enough and clear enough that we could count the flies on the cow's back, their cow's heads and cow's feet. Um, quite the project. Definitely took up a good portion of my morning uh, once a week, every week for an entire summer. Um, but Dave, he's uh, he's been working with pests and flies and insecticides for quite some time, and he knows quite a bit about the subject. So I was excited uh, when Bear Animal Health hooked me up with him. And, and today we're going to talk a little bit about flies. So here we are in summer, um, beginning of August, and you know flies are out here, and, we, and we're through a good portion of the season, but still have another couple of months of the fly season to go. And sometimes when you're out there with the cattle, whether it be beef or dairy cattle, as we'll talk about today, um, there's so many options out there that that you aren't really sure maybe what option is best for your environment or you're not sure which options are available or maybe it's best to use. Um, and so you may just end up using one type of fly control um, when really it's best to have a blend of all different things. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of those options today and, and why is it important to, to control the flies? So it's not only an irritant to the cows, um, but it may become to a point where it's actually impacting their their performance and their gains and their milk production. And that, and you'd be surprised uh, how much of an impact that can have. And it's not just around your barns or your feeding areas that, that may need to help control um, the cows. And, and it's not as easy as just feeding them something because unfortunately the cows didn't read the manual and uh, they're not going to eat the same amount of the exact amount of feed that we need them to every day. So I uh, got to look at some of these different options and different tools and, and depending on what season it is, what time it is, what, you know, what environment you're in or what different situation. And it can get really confusing, but Dave does a great job of explaining, you know, why we need to look at some of these options and what the different options may be as we're, as we're going throughout this. So I, I hope that you'll definitely, uh, you know, take something home from this. It was definitely a pleasure getting to visit with Dave. And so as you listen to the podcast, send me any thoughts you may have and, and any follow-up questions. You know, Dave would, would definitely be great, uh, grateful to be able to hear those, and, and I'll follow up with him to get those answered. And you can connect with me on social media as AgProudRyan to send me those. And I now I hope you enjoy Episode 17 of the Agriculture Proud Podcast with Dave Thomas, Insecticide Manager with Bear Animal Health. <laughs> All right, uh, here with Dave Thomas, Bear Animal Health. He's with the uh, Dairy Insecticide Marketing Manager. So thanks for joining me on the podcast today. My pleasure, Ryan. Um, so to, to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about about what your role is uh, with Bear Animal Health? 
Well, Bayer has the broadest uh, portfolio of insecticides in the industry, and we really just had not concentrated on meeting the needs of the dairy segment, rather than assume that just because we understood fly control for beef cattle didn't mean that we really understood fly control for dairy cattle. And so I've spent uh, the last month and a half going out and will continue to visit with dairies around the country and, and begin to see just how we need to adapt our current, port, uh, our current products and application methods to, uh, to really help dairies battle flies. Okay. And because dairy is a little bit different than beef because we're producing a different type of product, primary product. Um, with those and so there's a lot of a lot of clean you know you have to keep everything very clean for the milk that's being produced and so I imagine keeping the, the insects and pests controlled is very important. It is extremely important if you don't keep them controlled you have uh, the potential to transfer diseases by flies especially house flies can transfer over 50 different diseases um, to feeds and then stable flies uh, are so aggravating and have such a painful bite on the legs of cattle that they've seen milk production reductions up to 30%. And then horn flies will cause mastitis problems on dairy heifers. And so each of those a problem. And uh, then dairies pose some unique uh, habitats for encouraging fly production from spilled feed, hay rings, uh, moisture as everyone washes down uh, facilities, all that water goes somewhere and, and moist areas are great uh, habitat for fly production. Yeah, definitely have to kind of keep that in, in control, reined in, if, right? If you don't handle sanitation and that gets bad enough, there's no way you can spray your way out of a fly problem. Oh, exactly, and, and I've been in the feedlots um, which, yes. which poses a similar challenge of confined feeding and in confined areas and always washing down the, the processing facilities. That's and right, yeah. Feed, feed yards have a, um, a real problem with stable flies from all the spilled feed and then areas that may grow up and, and allow fly resting habitat in just the areas around them. You really need to practice good uh, weed control and grass control around the feed, feed lots. So you've been in this, this dairy marketing role um, for a relatively short amount of time, but you've been working with Bear, and I actually got to meet you in, in Tennessee uh, several years back when I was there in graduate school, and you were working with beef cattle right. a little bit there too. Right. Um, so so what, uh, what what was what was your role there and kind of a little history working with beef cattle too? Uh, beef cattle is actually my background. Uh, grew up on around beef cattle and and always had an interest in some of my own. And uh, so had a long history there. And so I ran a territory in Tennessee and Kentucky, had been a marketing manager previously for uh, reproductive hormones and antibiotics. And uh, so just had a lot of experience on the beef side, really enjoyed those producers and a lot of, of history being around those people and understanding the production process. So it really felt good to get a chance to help people with their fly control problems. And because unless you really understand there's multiple flies, it's easy to think a fly is a fly and, and uh, really not know how to, to control uh, them completely, each one as you need to. 
Yeah, and it's so we've got a lot of different tools to be able to get the different flies at the different seasons or, we or do. different environments. We do, and you need all those different tools. There's no one method of fly control that's really going to control everything. You always need at least a couple of methods of fly control because you have different types of flies coming from different environments. And, and uh, for instance, if you use a feed-through, uh, not every cow actually reads and follows labeled directions and so she might not, one of them might not eat enough that day and one uh, cow can deposit enough manure to where you'll still have some adults there and so you need some way to, to kill those adults that emerge from those few cows that, that don't eat the right amount. And so what, um, when, when producers are looking, say, hey, I've got a fly problem, I need to head this off or I need to take care of this, um, what are some of the general recommendations when we're looking at a situation? What, or I guess I should say, what should we look at in the operation before we start to collect information saying where are the flies or what, what type of fly control problem do I need to look at? Yeah, the, the first thing to do is to really figure out where, where those flies are. If, if you really haven't studied them, and most people haven't because that's not most people's number one hobby is to learn everything they can about flies. Uh, observe where those flies are. If they're flies that are on the cows, observe where they are. If they're uh, and ha what size they are. The really small flies, yeah, the horn flies, are going to be on the back, maybe on the neck or under the belly. Uh, flies on legs are probably going to be stable flies, and then flies around the the face are probably in most situations going to be face flies. And each one of those poses their own. Um, unique problems and really needs to be taken care of in, in their own in their own way. Yeah. And, and so it's a blend of, of different options and different opportunities when we identify the different types of flies or where they may be. Exactly. Uh, and then we still need to practice sanitation, good sanitation problems. A stable fly would be a good example. Stable flies traditionally were flies that you found around confinement areas, feed feedlots and dairies. We really didn't see them in pasture situations until we got round bales. And a round bale makes the perfect environment for a stable fly. They don't have to breed or lay eggs in just manure. They really like a blend of manure, urine, hay, or straw. And a round bale ring where you're feeding round bales makes the perfect environment as cows blend all that together. And, and each round bale can produce up to a million stable flies per year. That's quite a few. <laughs> that is a lot. That is almost impossible to get rid of if you don't break those those uh, hay feeding areas up after after winter is over. Mm -hmm. So keep keeping those the the hay feeders not only cleaned up but but keeping those areas cleaned in the pastures or the feeding areas. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, what are what are some other other tips? So you've been working kind of in the dairy side, right? Um, and and so what are some other things other than just kind of animal comfort or keeping the flies off the animals, what is the importance of controlling those pests in those areas? Well, a, a stable fly, there's pretty good research out of Nebraska that shows that uh, a stable fly infestation, and, and really if you've got probably more than 10 per animal, 10 flies per animal, um, you've got enough to, to hurt milk production. Uh, and they've seen milk production reductions up to 30% just from, from a heavy stable fly infestation. Really, uh, really painful bite that they have, almost a bayonet type mouth part. Um, and 
if you've ever been bitten by a staple fly, you'll appreciate how hard, uh, how much those bites hurt. And a lot of pe they will bite people as well. <clears throat> um, but those, uh, yeah, they'll raise stress levels in cows if you're in a dairy situation. Uh, you'll wind up seeing cows kick milkers off, and if they're agitated when they're milking, those cows aren't releasing milk. And then in a pasture situation in beef cattle, uh, you'll see a lot of those animals, if you've got a stable fly problem, those animals will get huddled together uh, and packed extremely tightly. And in the summertime, it'll raise body temperatures, which will hinder milk production and probably can affect reproduction, though I've not seen that data. Yeah, definitely. But some, some, so not just comfort, but production. It impacts. is a production hindrance. Uh, horn flies, we all just about know if you've got more than a couple hundred horn flies, you've got enough uh, level there to hinder uh, some production traits, weaning weights, um, on, and then they'll even. Um, yeah, they'll cause some uh, some problems for cows as well. And there's even some new data being kicked around now that says that maybe as few as 50 horn flies actually will cause reductions in, in production. And then you get into the whole pink eye thing, and people really hate face flies primarily because of pink eye, and that they don't cause pink eye, but they will transfer the bacteria that causes it from one animal to another. And... In addition to ruining bulls' ability to breed cows or to recognize heats because they primarily do that by sight, um, you'll also see in calves, those calves will get docked up to $20 per hundred weight when they go to market, and they're going to probably be lighter as well. So it's interesting if you, um, if you look at surveys as to why people go out and buy fly control products generally the number one or two reason that would drive people to do that in areas where they have face flies is seeing flies on the faces of cows. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, yeah, important to control. So we, we talked a little bit about there's some sanitation right. you know, ways to keep flies under right. control. What are the different types of products <clears throat> that are available uh, to help control flies? We look at it in, in kind of four different areas that you've got about four quadrants that we call defense points. So you can apply products directly to animals and you can find those in the form of dust, which you can direct, could directly apply or put in dust bags that the cattle will self-apply as they walk under them. Um, sprays can be done. Those sprays have a fairly short lifetime. You have to apply those about every three or four weeks to cattle and you need more volume of water than most people normally use, about a half a gallon of water per animal. Uh, Pour-ons are extremely popular where people handle cattle to get a quick knockdown. Those products will last three to four weeks on cattle. Uh, fly tags uh, have really made a comeback in the U.S. That market had dropped off significantly as we saw pyrethroid resistance begin to kick in. But we've made uh, leaps and bounds, actually bringing out new generations of tags in the last oh, five or, or 10 years. And we've really seen that market rebound up to, to probably three or four times what it was at its low point. And so those are a good method to, to get cattle to essentially reapply to themselves. And then, so those are the on animals. We look at a premise spray so around those resting areas, you can spray fences, board fences or rail fences or uh, pipe fences so that when flies go to those areas to rest, 
uh, they'll take a dose of insecticide and get killed. And we look at some environmental areas, what we call environment around some areas where you do feed storage on the outside of those. You can scatter baits or spray an insecticide on the outside of those storage buildings or even some sprayable baits. Um, and it's like quick bait spot spray that will attract houseflies and then once they taste it, they'll die. And then lastly would be a feed-through uh, compound that uh, when you feed it, it passes through undisturbed into the manure and then when those larvae come into contact with it, they wind up dying. So you reduce the, the population growth of flies. And so this is all, these are all used for animal health, animal comfort, you know, keeping animals, you know, producing healthy animals. Producing. Exactly. Uh, but it's definitely, it's safe for the products that we're it producing. It is. Everything that, that we have has gone through testing and most of the products that we just mentioned don't have any withdrawal period. They've proved to be safe enough. Uh, we see some withdrawal periods with some other compounds, but everything we really have right now in the arsenal, as I call it, um, can be applied. And uh, From a dairy standpoint, you'd want to check and make sure that there's no milk withdrawal on some products, a few that are still out there, but most of them are approved for, uh, for at least non-lactating cows and all beef cattle. And so when we're saying withdrawal, withdrawal period, we need to tell our consumers that that means that there's no no residues no impact on, on the product right? exactly thank you Ryan yeah that is that is a very good point because we do see people get off in left field and lost in the weeds because they get caught up in some hype from from groups that really want to disparage animal agriculture and don't realize that our main goal is to look after cattle but also produce a product that people are going to enjoy and our own families are going to eat as well. And so everything is really set up not only for the safety of the animal, but to make sure that the, the product we're getting from that animal is completely safe as well. And so we go through an immense amount of testing to ensure that we use the lowest level that's safe, that's effective, to make sure that we've even got a we've got a great safety margin. Yep. And that's that's definitely some important uh, information to keep in mind. So is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I would encourage people to if you don't feel comfortable understanding with your understanding level of what fly pest you have, look for your local extension um, agent and uh, check with your veterinarian and and your animal health supplier or even uh, contact one of the representatives from a major uh, veterinary pharmaceutical company because we're all there to help make sure these products get used correctly and properly as well. But just take good notes and observe where those flies are causing you problems so that you can help people help you. There you go. Well, I certainly appreciate it. And thank you, Dave Thomas from uh, Bear Animal Health. And uh, appreciate you joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks for the visit, Ryan. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mr. Dave Thomas from Bear Animal Health. I want to take a moment to especially thank Bear for helping me with this interview. They supported the podcast through a portion of my travel to Kansas City, and I appreciate the help in getting to share a little bit more educational material with you from experts across our industry. Be sure to take a look at the show notes from this episode at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 17. I'll have links to more information about the topics we discussed today. And that's all I have for this week. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. 
And as always, you can connect with me on social media as Ag Proud Ryan and on Facebook as Agriculture Proud. Until next time, this is Ryan Goodman with the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Mm-hmm.